From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to The Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for July 29th, 2009 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined this week by my good friends, Kathy Whirling, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Back in the peanut gallery, Teresa Eccles, Max Eccles, Walter Eccles, the whole Eccles family is back there, <laughs> and of course, uh, Taylor, Julie's sister, and we cannot forget Ferris. Ferris is making <laughs> we won't sure let you that forget. <laughs> he is not forgotten. Uh, in this week's show, Kathy Whirling has her review of the Wilderness Lodge Villas. The team also discusses the new Princess Diana exhibit at Downtown Disney Westside. All that plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. Um, in housekeeping, um, just want to say it's our third year anniversary. Yeah. Doing Yay. the show. Wow. So. It is also the 29th anniversary of my birth tomorrow. Aww. Oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> or you can say one year away from being 30. That doesn't bother me. <laughs> See, he's, he's been wanting me to be 30 for so long because he has been. And it doesn't bother me. It's I'm excited about getting older and you don't have a choice. journeying to the new. <laughs> of course. You know, so she's going to sit there and open. talk about how 29 is getting older. I'm going to go over there and beat her. <laughs> really? When I turned 30, she bought me one of those cards, those singing <laughs> cards, and it played uh, the Final Countdown song. I'm like, oh, I'm saving this. I'm just going to white out my name. Mm-hmm. You think you feel bad, Pete? Think how Teresa feels. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and today is my mom's birthday, so happy birthday, Mom. Happy well, birthday. Happy birthday, Miss Sherry. Hi, Sherry. Happy birthday. Um, can you believe it's been three years since we started? Uh... Feels like 30. <laughs> I knew he was going to say something like that. No, Sometimes just, it seems longer. It, it it seems about three years to me. It just amazes me how much it's evolved in, yeah. in three years. I mean, it really has evolved quite a bit um, in three years. So it's very cool. And I still don't talk much. No? <laughs> still say it's about the same amount. Yep. So, all right. Anything else for uh, housekeeping? I have a couple. Okay. We have a correction from last week's email show. Okay. Apparently, we read an email from someone who asked if they can use their Walt Disney World Park Hopper ticket at Disneyland, and we told them they could not. And one of our posters, a regular listener, Mike, he's Michael and Six on the boards, mm-hmm. he posts that actually you can do that. You can. Mm-hmm. He did it on his last trip. Um, you can use your Walt Disney World Park Hopper ticket. I was not- always told you couldn't. Not annual pass at Disneyland. I've done this personally, so I know it's true. Well, maybe that's why, because I always have an annual pass. Yeah. I, I think what we all said, annual pass. Um, you show your Walt Disney World park hopper at the turnstiles. The cast member then goes to one of the offices on the side and comes back in a few minutes with a Disneyland pass to be used for fast passes, etc. And he just wants to point out, but the reverse is not true. You can't do that with a Disneyland pass at Walt Disney World. So... Uh, we just want to say we were wrong and you were right. Well, I think it's because the admission's cheaper over there, but you can't. Yeah, right. But if you buy a ten day ticket, yeah, you're, the last couple of days on there are almost free. Yeah, exactly. So if you can plan it to work just right. Well, I appreciate you pointing that out, Mike. Um, that was definitely my bad. Okay, cool. Anything else? Housekeeping. I have a box. A package arrived. 
and we'll go that way. Oh, Aunt Sally's. We know what those are. Yep. Thought it was time to send you more pralines. <laughs> they're pralines or whatever they're going to say. <laughs> pralines. Pralines. This is from Banner Mouse. A uh, box of Aunt Sally's uh, original Creole <laughs> pralines. These peanuts are going to go everywhere. <laughs> You're taking it with you when you leave. <laughs> okay. I have been very, very good lately on, in what I've been eating. So. so I say thank you very much for that. That is appreciated. It's very, very nice. Thank you. Has it been opened before it got here? You know, there might have been one that evaporated <laughs> because it's so hot here in Florida. Uh-huh. Yeah, it says 12 on the box, and I only see 10. You know, Aunt Sally has trouble counting. <laughs> yeah, she only got up to the sixth grade. <laughs> She's not that small. Aunt Sally's slow. Sorry, no offense to the Louisianians. <laughs> what are they called? They're not prawns. Pralines. Pralines. <laughs> I knew we were going to say it wrong. All right. <clears throat> Thank you for that, John. Uh, Julie, we have some prizes? Yeah, we do. All right. Um, first is Dale. And it's been so long that I have no idea who he is or what he did. <laughs> 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 but he did choose number 37. <laughs> number 37. Kind of like our high school prom date. <laughs> who he is or what he did. You have won a $50 Disney gift certificate. Good at any Disney store or Disney theme park. Thanks for listening, and congratulations. Yay. <laughs> okay, easy to award. I love those. Um, John Shar is our next guy, and he chose number eight. Hi, John. You have won... Three days, two nights at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin, courtesy of Dreams Unlimited Travel. Approximate value of this prize is $500. Thanks for listening, and congratulations. Yay. Oh, that's all, because I, I totally forgot to write down Tommy's number. He's probably going to want to strangle me, but we'll award his next week. Okay. He can wait. <laughs> well, Patience is a virtue. There you go. <laughs> Well, congratulations on those prizes. Anything else for housekeeping? Anyone? All right. We will get started with the news. Uh, Our first news story this week is if the decrease in typical tourism to Central Florida isn't bad enough, local government officials have become worried that Orlando has been placed on an unofficial blacklist by some federal agencies. According to a recent article in the Orlando Business Journal, three U.S. representatives from Central Florida have joined fellow politicians in urging an investigation into the possibility of such a list. It's concerning that an area like Orlando, whose economy is driven by tourism, would be blacklisted during a recession. The U.S. Travel Association took notice last year when companies who had received bailout funds were chastised for having meetings in tourism destinations like Orlando. In fairness, the article does state, so far that no blacklists have been confirmed and that the White House has said it would oppose any such practices. But uh, this, has been, this story's been percolating for a couple of days now. Um, and I wonder, you know, why, A, why they would think that, and B, do you think that would be true? Would they? Absolutely, positively, yeah. yes. Yep, I, I agree. Because I think just by saying we're going to go to Orlando or these other cities, people automatically think party. 
you're not going there to work. You're going to the party. So we're going to send you someplace where we think you're going to Cleveland. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have your yeah your corporate function in Cleveland. Which I don't need emails from the people in Cleveland <laughs> yelling at me. Our city's beautiful. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's really, really. We have nice. a Ruby Tuesdays right near the airport. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Were you going to say the same thing, Kathy? Yeah, I was going to agree. I, I'm sure when they hear the word Orlando, they think it's like party town. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought of that, but that's true. You know, and you can still go to a conference. I mean, I can remember coming down here for a conference. And did my job, and then when we were done for the day, then we went and did something, but that didn't stop us from attending the conference. Taylor and I saw some people that she actually knows from Louisiana. Um, He's a local pharmacist, and he was there with his family at the pharmacist convention. Mm. I mean, so, I mean, he, you know, probably did things during the day, but he was playing with his family. There is definitely, I mean, there are definitely conventions coming into town. It's just that the number of them are so far off. I mean, it was bad enough with the recession, but then when... Uh, these companies that were getting these TARP funds from the government started, you know, throwing these big lavish parties on the taxpayer's dime. There was that backlash. and But isn't it funny how, like, Orlando gets, like, supposedly on this blacklist, and yet there's all this other money that's unaccounted for? I'm sorry. People that are receiving TARP money shouldn't be having conventions. Well, that's the whole thing. Right. As you think about it, now there's... Everyone else, all these other businesses are being scrutinized or what you're doing if you weren't involved in anything that was nefarious. So it just becomes a very weird position. It is. By, it is. You know, who should tell you where or, where, where or when you can have your convention if your company's on the up and up and you're doing the right thing? Exactly. Well, that's the thing is that, you know, the it, it's one thing for a company that is taking TARP money. Right. Um, as opposed to... A company that's not, but the company doesn't want to, still doesn't want to come to Orlando because it'll be perceived poorly uh, in the public. A lot of these publicly, especially these publicly held companies that have nothing to do with the bailout, have nothing to do with the financial system, these companies are still not uh, coming down here because it's going to look bad. They don't want to have to go to their shareholders and have their shareholders say, it's a recession. Why are you (laughs) spending this money to go to Orlando? And And they're probably making money and making profit and doing the things they're supposed to be doing. So why can't they go where they want to go? Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying is they should be able to. But um, Companies that are receiving TARP money shouldn't be eating out. They should be bringing their lunch from home. Right. No, I'm talking about com- <laughs> we're talking about companies that, aren't, that didn't take TARP money. Right. So, but uh, it should be interesting to see where that story goes, if it actually has any legs, if there was a, a memo somewhere out there that says, you know. Oh, somebody will get to the bottom of oh, it. Oh, that would be, yeah, that would be interesting. That would be interesting, so. All right. Um, we only have two news stories this week because there just wasn't that much news going on. So our, uh, our second news story, I'm sure all of you know that free dining has been extended until December. Uh, in an effort to boost sales during the fall, Disney has extended its current free dining promotion through December 17th. One change being made to the extended plan would mean a more limited dining option for those staying at any of Disney's value resorts. Those staying at the All-Stars or Pop Century will receive a counter-service dining plan where those staying at any of the moderate or deluxe resorts will receive the basic dining plan. This is new. They've never done this before. Mm -hmm. I actually said this was a rumor last week on last week's show. I said we heard that they were going to do a modified dining plan. I didn't realize they were going to split it up like this. But, uh, yep, if you're at a value resort, all you get is quick service for free. If you're at anything else, you can get the uh, regular dining for free. And then there's upgrades into the other dining plans as well. 
this is going to be my rapid fire, but in addition uh-huh. to this, yeah, really. In addition to this, we saw um, a Disney Visa promotion for the same dates, September 27th through December 17th. We saw annual pass holder rates. We saw Florida resident rates. So there's a big, big push for discounts for travel. And this is right after the last promotion ended. So there's almost no break between promotions through what is generally a busier time for Disney. End of September through beginning of December. This is when right. it starts to pick up. So this is not bode well for well, you know, I think um, there's there's a couple of things going on here. Number one, um, they need to do something uh, in the fourth quarter. Well, it's the fourth quarter for everybody else. It's actually Disney's first quarter. Disney's quarter, Disney's fiscal year begins on October first and ends on September thirtieth. So October through December is actually Disney's first quarter. Uh, now their first quarter last year was abysmal. Their for the first time in a long time, their attendance numbers dropped by about five percent. Uh, and this, you know, I'll tell you, when the attendance numbers drop, that's when those guys go into a panic. And so we saw, you know, the 7 for 4 deal mm-hmm. was their response, um, which was great. It did a great job of getting people here into town. Uh, seven nights for the price of four. You can't beat it. Problem is they cannibalized their traditional fall business, the people who would normally come in September, October, November, and December. These people said, well, for that, you know, I've got to take advantage of it. So I think that's one place where they lost. Number two, as I've said on the uh, you know in previous shows, that that seven for four deal was really attractive, and it's not quite as you know free dining isn't quite as attractive against that. Um, so what they have to do here is they have to they have to get heads on beds in the fall, but they also see an opportunity to really improve their numbers over the first quarter last year. Like I said, first quarter last year for them, they were down by five percent. With this promotion being stretched through December now, they have a shot at not only getting people in, but actually showing some improvement in their numbers. They will not go back to the 7 for 4, because I was reading something um, that said while it kept their attendance numbers where they wanted it, their revenue was down by 50%, 5-0. So it's an unsustainable model for them to do on any regular basis. Financially, it's unsustainable. Free dining is easier to implement. And dining has such a large margin on it that while yeah. it sounds like it's great, I'm eating for free, the, the cost to Disney is much less than giving you a free room night. Yeah, but I think it's time for the, uh, the brain trust to go back to the drawing board and come up with something more original. There's also that fear that uh, people are going to get used to having discounts. And what's going to happen when the, con- the economy comes back and now they're charging regular rates? Are people going to say, well, I've already been... I'll just wait for another discount to come along. Well, I think this is what I'm concerned about is that Disney, and I, I know I've said this before, Disney, like I think a lot of companies right now, are expecting this economy is going to recover and things are just going to go back to the way they were. And that's not going to happen. I think this, because this has been now the longest recession, I believe, in our history, 20 uh, some odd months. Um, indicators are that what you hear some people saying, by December of this year, the recession will officially be over, although it'll be a couple of years before we really recover. But you're starting to see indications that things are coming back. But what you're also seeing right now, people saving money at levels and in ways they haven't done in 30 years. Mm-hmm. 
And I think what you now have as a result of this recession is a psychic change in popular in, – in, in the country's uh, mindset about how they're going to spend money moving forward. And I also see a lot of a lot more people like crunching the numbers for free dining where before it used to be, oh, it's free dining. Right. Let's book it. Where now everybody sits down and goes, well, let's see. The room is this much and my dining is this much. And I don't think that Disney has really factored in. I think they're just, you know, the, the feeling I get is that they're doing things to just keep everything running until we can get back to the way things used to be mm-hmm. when we were printing our own money. I don't think that's what's going to happen. And I think they're going to need to adjust their business model to this new mindset. Mm-hmm. And if they don't start, and you know what? Disney adjusting itself to a value-oriented mindset, uh, it's going to be a tough sell. It's going to be a tough sell. So we're going to see. We'll see what happens. But I think it's very telling that they're offering free dining into December. Um, we talked to a woman over the weekend who can't go to Disney, and she lives locally. She said she just she can't afford the tickets for her family, and annual passes are ridiculous. She, and all she kept saying was, they have annual passes to Universal. Universal lets her pay for her family's annual pass by In the installments, month. installments, yeah. Mm-hmm. They also have passes to SeaWorld, because right. SeaWorld was buy the same day, thing. get buy the rest it. of the year for free. So she said, Disney just has priced themselves out of my market. And if you're a Florida resident, you can get that deal on a monthly uh, installment. The, the SeaWorld buy yep. one day? Mm-hmm get the year free you can do that in an installment if you're a florida resident i just i don't understand it i don't understand why disney doesn't see that as an option there, there's got to be a reason there's got to, I, I have to assume especially at this point well who knows i mean normally uh when do the uh, when do the new the, the t- ticket prices go up well there's a lot of rumors swirling around that we're going to see ticket prices go up beginning of august beginning of august, yeah nothing concrete we've seen nothing about that but my gut is telling me late august we'll see um but and is that well, is, is that smart to do now? Well, let's see. Well, <laughs> I think there's going to have to be a world war for Disney to not raise their ticket prices every right. year. Right. Um, but I think what we might see, and again, I have no information on this. This is just pure conjecture. I think we might see some ticketing alternatives that we don't have now, and possibly maybe something like this. Um, hmm. it's, I don't think that's something Disney would roll out. Just on its own, I think that's something they would roll out with a ticket price increase. Um, they're going to have to do something. You mean an option to pay on time? So, or? Uh, yes, an option to pay per month for a certain amount of time. Because like you said, you know, SeaWorld and Universal both do it. So that Disney's not doing it. So I would think that especially, you know, you don't want the story in this economy. I'm raising ticket prices 5%. You don't want that story out there right now. So you've got to come up with something. You got to come up with something to counter it, to make the story a little more palatable, and I think that would that would do it. Plus, you know, all the other theme parks in town are waiting to see what Disney does. Oh yeah, yep. stops just short of collusion, <laughs> if you ask me. But because mm-hmm. um, yeah, as soon as one raises their price, all the other ones follow, and uh, like I said, just stops just short of collusion, in my opinion, allegedly. <laughs> So, all right, that'll do it for the news this week. We'll move on to the weather. Um, it's been pretty much the same story. We're back to our afternoon showers. Um, so you got to figure, no matter when you're here, in the next uh, 7 to 10 days, uh, expect some precipitation. Um, I can't say the temperatures have really been outrageous. We've certainly had it hotter this season. But uh, 
you know, it's about 90. It's running about, the, the high runs about 90 during the day, dropping down into the mid-70s at night, 75, 78 in that area. Um, pretty much a 40 to 60% chance of rain every day for the next 10 days. So you'll, uh, you'll definitely experience some rain if you're coming down in the, uh, in the next few weeks. But as Florida summers go, it's not terrible. We've had, we've had worse. We've had worse. It's still hot. Don't get me wrong. Don't come down here thinking that it's springtime, but uh, it's definitely uh, definitely not as bad as it could be. So We went to Islands of Adventure on Friday, and it was just brutal. It was so hot. It reminded me of Animal Kingdom. Really? Yeah, so claustrophobic. Did you get on, like, wet rides, though? Mm, Taylor and I did. They did. I watched Ferris. We did the uh-huh. single rider line and child swap. It made it a lot easier. Yeah. I need to be prepared for the wet rides, like not wear socks and sandals yeah. and... What was the uh, what were the wait times like at Universal? Dudley Do Right was seventy five minutes. Wow, Ooh. they did single rider though, so they got right on. Yeah, was this on the weekend? Minutes. No, this was Friday. Friday. No, still Friday. Yeah, and then the Pluto's barges that was a forty five minute wait. We did the baby swap. See, that's the best time to be staying on property over there because mm-hmm. that room key gets you to the front yep. of the line. There's nothing nicer than mm-hmm. bypassing a seventy five minute line. <laughs> yeah. What um, are some of the baby play areas? At, at Islands of Adventure, I know the ones at Universal. I would say the Dr. Seuss area is the best area yeah. for a child. But do they have a like a splash zone over there's there? There's a lot of splash at, zones at the Dr. Seuss area. I know there is. I don't know about and the that others. whole comic strip area. Um, yeah, the yeah, comic yeah, strip yeah. area. There's water all there's over water the place. All over. Yeah. But they don't. Their child care center is not up to par. Oh really? No. That whole Jurassic Park area is so crowded right now with the, the construction of um, Harry, Potter. Harry Potter because you have to. You have to go through the Jurassic Park area to get to Dueling Dragons, and it's really, really crowded in that area. Well, it's all because it's all boarded up on both mm-hmm. sides. Right. It's like a tunnel almost. Yeah. So, all right. It's hot in the theme parks. <laughs> it's hot in the theme parks. <laughs> Newsflash. <laughs> <laughs> it's July in Florida, hot in the theme parks. You heard it here first. All right. That'll it's do it. Feet for- stick to your blacktop hot. There you go. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for the weather. We'll start off. We'll move into rapid fire. Who would like to go first? I'll go. Um, I'm here, and they're making some changes to the the chairs at the quick service locations at the theme parks. They're removing the backs of the chairs and replace just putting a cushion on the seats, so people don't stay as long huh. at the at the restaurants, so they don't get as comfortable. This is Disney or Universal? This is Disney. They started at Pecos Bills. Um, the next, are you kidding the me? The next one is going to be Cosmic Rays. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Are, are you sitting here telling me they're taking the backs off of chairs at fast food locations so that people are less comfortable? No. But, but, so people don't stay as long, and they don't get as comfortable right. and socialize and, and that. Yeah. Okay. But they're putting a cushion on the seat for comfort. Next is thumbtacks. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah, cast member with a cattle prod. You're done. You're done. Each seat, yeah, each seat will electrify 15 minutes after you sit down. I thought that was pretty interesting. Is this four park wide? Do you know? I just once, once I would just love to be in the meeting where this decision gets made. I want to hear this process. I want to hear how you get to 
let's take the backs off the chairs <laughs> because people will stay less and we'll turn those tables over faster. I've got a great idea. Let's make one of the legs shorter, you know, too. Which, <laughs> make them all wobble. Which desk-bound, paper-pushing, pocket-protecting, wearing oh, no. idiot came up with this? You just, you just offended all of our nerds out there. <laughs> let's so make the tabletop sticky. So apparently all the chairs are going to be more like stools now. Now, I don't know if this is park-wide. I know they, short stools. <laughs> I know they started at Pecos Bills, and the next one um, up is Cosmic. So we, we'll see if they're just going to go around the park with this. They're probably going to test it out at a few. Because that's what everybody needs to see in a theme park, is each one of my ass cheeks hanging on either <laughs> side of a stool. <laughs> you know? No. This is not a good idea. Oh, I see a blog coming. I think I need to go over and get pictures. <laughs> I've also heard that um, a lot of the dining rest uh, the restaurants have been taking a loss because of the new dining system. It's not showing all the availability. So a lot of these restaurants karma. Up. That's just karma. Told you so. Told you so. <laughs> That's just karma. We um we were in Epcot uh, on Wednesday and we walked right up to La Salle and first time in a long time they said yes we can take you. Wow. Get out of here. Just walked up and we went in there and there was there were tables empty in La Salle. Wow. Everyone who's listening. Who can't get an ADR? Take heed. You're gonna get them if you can walk up. Don't panic. Now, you, you stand a better chance. I think you stand a very good chance now. I really do because we've seen until the same this thing. problem gets fixed. How can they have no availability on the second these ADRs open up? It, I've got to say it. This new ADR online system is terrible. People are all excited because they can he do says it, it with such relish. They can do it at two o'clock in the morning at home. Sorry, it's a mess. It's a Disney mess. What is it about Disney and computers and the web? They are like they're the team that can't shoot straight. You can build Expedition Everest, and you can't come up with a working computer system. It's, and you know what? This is. I can imagine that making an online dining reservation system must be difficult. Then don't do it. Yeah. Stick to your old system. And make it simpler. When there's a table available, let people have it. Taylor and I had to run from the top of the hill before you come down into the UK all the way to Canada to get there in time. Well, they gave me that, um, if your whole party is here, we can seat you now. So I call her. I'm like, oh, they're right up there. We were getting her Kim Possible um, communicator. We ran, pushing Ferris. Oh, Little did I know, we walked in there, and there were just empty tables. And, and doesn't that make you mad, too? <laughs> How like, was your lunch? Oh, excellent. Was it good? It we was had, good. Taylor and I both had the maple barbecue chicken sandwich with pancetta on it and Monterey good. Jack cheese. Oh, it was so good. We were going to go eat at um, Le Chef's. Because you usually can get a, a lunch over there. But I said, you know what? Let me just try this and see. Sure enough. <laughs> so you called the dining line while you were in the park? No, just I just walked, walked up. Oh, you just walked over. For four people. Okay. okay. Nice. Because yeah. even if you're calling the dining line in the park or you're calling from your resort, you're still getting into that same system okay. that shows no availability. But you know what's funny is before we left the house, I said, you know, let, let me make a reservation for us before we get to Epcot. Let's do around 1230. Um Le Chefs of France, and they had availability. Checked out Le Cellier, no availability. And so I, I said, well, let me, let's, just play, let's just wing it. And now if you call, you have to give them your phone number and your zip code and your mailing address. Mm-hmm. We have to start a folio for you. Yep. 
And it's like, you can't just tell me if there's a table available? No. We have to start this whole process. So not only is it arcane, it takes you forever. And then they, they say to you, now, after you're done with this phone call, would you wait and take a small survey? I've already been on the phone seven yeah, minutes. Yeah, really. It's like... Enough. And you don't want to hear what I have to say. <laughs> were, there back, just, were there backs on the chairs? <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 will, it, it just amazes me. Amazes me for as much as they can get right. How badly they can screw some things up. I mean, honestly, when it comes to dining, these people could screw up a two-car funeral. This is their bread and butter, no pun intended. This is where a lot of revenue comes from. You think someone would get smart and say, "Listen, a restaurant was empty." Today. My question what is happened? not why hasn't somebody, why doesn't somebody get smart? Why hasn't somebody already gotten smart? This is not a new problem. We dining had, issues are not. This is not a new development. When we reviewed Spoodles, I think it's two years ago now, we discussed this exact yes, same problem. Did. I called up and they said, "No, there's no availability," and I said, "Okay." And we decided, let's just go see. And we walked into a restaurant with not one single person. Yeah. In. And yep. I said to the manager, "Why are there your people telling us there's no availability?" She said, "Well, people make reservations, and then some of them don't show up. Sometimes, you know." And I think to myself. So you're turning people away before they ever get to your restaurant. That can't be good for business. You're discouraging people from showing up. It's just stupid. Do you think this new chair thing has to do with the dining plan that was released that includes quick service and that more people will... No, I think you're right. I think they want to turn those tables over. Let them, you're going to be less comfortable. You're going to get out of there and you're going to go to the park and spend money somewhere else so someone can now come in and spend money there. Yeah. And they also haven't cured the problem of people double and triple booking reservations. Because that's like, seems to be, on the Diz, there's loads of people that do that. That It's like their birth rate that they're allowed to make, you know. They need to fix that. Right. It's crazy. Um, I also wanted to add that we have the song list up for Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket. Um, there's... There's five categories. I was going to go through all the songs, but I have a long rapid fire here. They have classic rock slash metal, rap, hip-hop, club, electronica, pop, disco, country, and each category has... Any Barry Manilow? No. But they have Julie any, like, like, where you're screaming? Guitars, Cadillacs, hillbilly music. I knew I, would, I knew I couldn't get through this without Julie singing something. That's Dwight I need to see which country song I would like. Which, uh, which one of the cars is going to have show tunes? <laughs> yeah, really. The sparkly rainbow. So you can get it forward. <laughs> they do have Donna Summer and Gloria Gaynor for you guys. There you go. <laughs> That will survive. For you, for you guys. That's stereotyping. <laughs> no one else like them. Like exactly. that sexual profiling. <laughs> um, yeah, each category has about six options to choose from, so we have a link in the updates. So check it out. Now, do you get to choose your music? Yep. Or, oh, yep. Oh, oh, oh. yep. And they it make go a, slower? And it makes, a, it makes a, like a little music video of you riding the ride that you can buy at the end. Yep. No thanks. So you can some pretty cool options in there. To the music. Mm-hmm. They have some cool options. In Aaron there. Del Prince is in town, and he was taking pictures. And there's a 360 degree loop. And what he was saying is that there's a corkscrew in the middle of it, which he's never seen before. So it's not only an upside down; it's an upside down where you spin over upside down. <laughs> this is gonna rock. Did you see that one picture he took? Look, it was on fire. It was like the car looked like it was burning. That's from far away. That I guess mm. the cars are lit up. Wow. Aaron does great trip reports on the Diz. So is Walter going to be our test person? I don't know about all that. I'll be the test person. Well, give him a mic. I want to try all the songs. <laughs> I don't think so. That sounds like a bit much. Corkscrews and you upside down. You wouldn't do that? Uh, you do. I, I would probably do it once. You did Manta. Yeah. 
Mantle wasn't bad though. I don't know what it was about mantle. Mantle. You'll, you'll go up. You'll go up in these these balloons. I was just going to say you go up in that balloon. You're already brave. Oh, I'd go up in a balloon. The a balloon heartbeat, is boring. You get There's me not on a much to the balloon. Yeah. Throw a little Beastie Boys with some sabotage. It's on. <laughs> <laughs> it's on. Did it have any Lady Gaga? John. <laughs> <laughs> Evanescence, Cypress Hill, Barbra Streisand. No doubt. MC Hammer. Edith Pia. I'll go with Teresa. What? She says, I'll do it to my man. I'll go with her. I'll sit and hold your stuff and just sing along. All right. Well, thank you for your rapid fire. (laughs) My segment. (laughs) Miss Jules. Mine's a little long, but I'll be quick. It's the Expedition Everest Challenge. It's going to be Saturday, September 26th at 7.30 p.m. Teams of two are going to participate in a competitive 5K run, obstacle course, and scavenger hunt at Disney's Animal Kingdom. When you finish the challenge, the reward is an exclusive after-hours party at the theme park. Entry fees, uh, team registration is $199 on or before September 1st. It's $209 after September 1st. If you want to participate in one of the individual challenges, it's $105 on or before September 1st. Can I just buy entry just to go to the party? (laughs) Do we have to run? (laughs) (laughs) It'll be $110 after September 1st for the individual registration. you said it's $110 if you don't run. Um, (laughs) You can participate in the kids' race for $15. (laughs) Even that's too strange. (laughs) And then additional post-race party tickets for adults, it's $29.99. And then if you're age 3 to 9, it's $15. If you're under 3, you are free. Each participant will receive a finisher's medal, a champion tech t-shirt, a goodie bag, personalized race bib number if you register before September 1st. If not, I guess you're no name, no number. (laughs) You're like the invisible man. Yeah, really. And then you get a one-day theme park ticket to check out the course uh, before you go. And then you also get admission to the post-race party. Some of the features of the challenge, you'll have fireworks to kick off the race. It'll be a t- there'll be a timed event with online results, athlete refreshments at the finish line, kids' races. Awards will be given to the top three finishers in the men's, women's, the co-ed, military, men's individual, and women's individual divisions. And a portion of every entry fee is going to benefit the Himalayan Youth Foundation and Disney's Wildlife Conservation Fund. Wow. I need, See, individualized, I need an individualized bib number. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I'm going to eat lobster. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Mrs. Martin. Kathy. I had the chance to go up. <laughs> Sorry. I meant to hit this one. <laughs> okay, we need to hear that one again. <laughs> Kathy's African name. Yep, that's my African name. That's pretty good. So now here I am talking about Animal Kingdom. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the tribe. (laughs) The tribe has spoken. Anyway, Animal Kingdom is testing centralized fast passes. And before this all started... I thought centralized fast passes was a really great idea, but after I went over there the other day, I'm not so sure it's a great idea. I mean that one location will have fast passes. One location, it's there's a bank of fast. It's the former um, fast pass machines for it's tough to be a bug. So there's six of them 
there. And it's they've covered up the sign where it says it's tough to be a bug. So unless you know that it's there, you wouldn't. They do make, I, I found it amazing or surprising that, you know, the tip board where they hand out the park maps mm-hmm. and everything, and they have a cast member, they were making announcements that there was a central fast pass. What other rides, what rides could you get a fast pass for? Expedition Everest, um, Kilimanjaro Safaris, and what's the third one? Cali? Is it the Cali River Rapids? No, it wasn't Cali. Um, I have it on my pictures up on the blog. Um, what other ride is there in Animal Kingdom? I don't know. Dinosaur? Oh. Yeah, yeah, dinosaur. Dinosaur, yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. So there was two for each one, and there was just a sign on top of them. But there was a cast member there, like, helping people. But unlike all the other Fast Pass locations, you know how usually it says, um, you know, the next Fast Pass is in, like, at 12 o'clock and you're there at 10? There's no signage. So it's like you're blindly getting a Fast Pass. Well, maybe they'll do that in the future. Maybe that's why it's not fully open. I'm sure they will. But as I walked up to it, I'm like, okay, yeah, well, this sort of makes sense. But they still have the Fast Pass machines back at the individual attractions. So I'm thinking now, what's better? I guess it depends on how you tour the park. If they put up when the Fast Pass is for, I would think that would let people then decide what they want to do. Let me just go to the ride or let me go here and try to get all three. Now, you can get three at once because they're all there. I'm sure the same mm. rules apply. Yeah. yeah. I think you have to yeah. go back and forth, mm-hmm. that, which doesn't yeah. make sense. Is this going to be... Um, replacing the one at Expedition Everest, they're going to remove those. And nobody said were those still there? Yes. Still yes. Yes. Yeah, they're all they're all still there. So, mm. you know, I stopped by and I looked, and then when I went back to the attraction, I picked up my fast pass. And I it, think it would be cool in addition to if they just left the regular ones there and they had this one also. Well, I also think if they allow you to get in this location only one for each ride, right? Space. They out. did something like that. That, you know, like they'd say, okay, now you can get Expedition Everest at 10, you can get uh, the Safaris at 11, so that you could just pick them all up at once. But if you're in the back of the park doing the safari, if they take away the machines outside the attractions, and now you've got to hike up to the central location. I can't imagine they do I don't that. see that working. Then they're going to take the backs off machines so you don't wait so long. <laughs> Stand there. I also think if they don't do the thing where they can get multiples, where it would come in handy is if you first enter the park mm-hmm. and you think, all right, let me get one for whatever ride, Expedition Everest. Well, now I know this is one I have to go there. So that's out of the way. Stop you from running because right. Expedition is out of the way. Right. Well, some people, though, were saying on the Diz that when the park first opens in the morning, that central fast pass area is not open. So at Rope Drop, you're not going to be able to go to the central one. So I'm sure, I mean, you know, there's loads of kinks to be worked out. And, I mean, if they had it, like, at Epcot, if they had, like, a central location that you could get it, I think that would be great. But I said, after being at Animal Kingdom the other day, I'm like, well, maybe this isn't such a good idea unless they do it that you could get more than one. Because, really, I can't see families running back up to this central machine. I think they're going to leave them at the attractions as well. I think they should put the fast pass machine on the diametric opposite side of the park from the attraction. <laughs> yeah. Why? Just because. Just so people won't He should be it. in the meetings about pulling the backs off the chairs. <laughs> yeah, <really? laughs> That's why. He got it. So if you're there, check it out. It's not Like I said, it's not in the park maps or the uh, Times Guide. You sort of have to know that. 
This sounds like part of a bigger plan. Just going to yeah. say, this sounds like this, tying it to on. resort guests only. This might mm-hmm. be a, a location for... Oh, what a nightmare that'll be. Yeah. Or this might be the AAA Fast Pass location or something. Uh-huh. Don't even say that. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> I bet you resort guests get backs on their chairs. Reserved <laughs> <laughs> seating. If, if, you're in, plan, if, you're, if you're in a luxury hotel, you can have a chair with a back. Where are you staying? Pop Century on the stool. Get in that room. Well, maybe that's going to be the upgrade to the dining plan. You get the back on your chair. <laughs> we could sell you an upgrade. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for that, Kathy. John, what do you have? Um, you stole my other one, so I've got a new one. I think it was last week you talked about uh, what's coming up in the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Well, a website called harrypotterspage.com had some rumors about what's going to be uh, going on over there. The headline attraction will be Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. And there's a roller coaster that will be built in... Swear means another wizard? I don't know what that means. Never mind. (laughs) That to explain it, you lost it. Uh, Forbidden Journey, he meets another wizard, they fall in love. Forbidden Journey, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) He said, if you got to explain it, it wasn't very good. This is going to be a roller coaster that we built... Inside the park's Hogwarts building, there's also going to be a flying car ride that takes visitors through the Forbidden Forest. I was waiting for a joke. The island, uh, the islands of adventure. Last one fell pretty flat. I wasn't going for another one. <laughs> the Island of Adventure's flying unicorn ride will be reincarnated as the Flying Hippogriff. I don't know what that is. I don't, I don't know what a hippogriff. That's from is. the. It's from, if, if you read the books and watch the movies, you understand what a hippogriff is. Okay. Is it an animal? Yeah, it's like it's like a mythical animal. Yeah. In other words, like a unicorn. Yeah, kind of, sort of. <laughs> In that vein, I guess. The dueling dragons ride will also go reincarnation and become the dragon challenge. So this is all very unofficial information. Nobody knows for sure, but that's what these. That doesn't uh, sound better than dueling dragons. Mm-mm. It kind of sounds like the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's uh, Dueling Dragons with a fresh coat of paint. Look, they're not going to do too much to Dueling Dragons. That was... It's a good ride. Um, well, and the, the queue area, that whole thing was supervised by Spielberg. Spielberg did that whole thing. Yeah, that's themed awesome. And that's an incredible theme in there. There's not too much they're going to do to that. They spent a lot of money on that. In fact, that was toward the end... Building uh, Dueling Dragons was toward the end of Islands of Adventure's construction. And uh, Steven Spielberg wanted to go even bigger with that queue area and they told them no they were out of money hmm. they couldn't come up with any more money so that was the that's a that's not even a finished version of what he envisioned and that queue that's that queue is worth walking through even if you don't go on the ride because it's really elaborate so and it also says as far as dining locations there will be a butterbead magic neep and of course the three broomsticks of course of course for souvenirs visitors will shop in zonkos honeydukes Dervish and Bangs, Ollivanders, and Owl Post. These words mean nothing to me. I can see I'm going to need to read Harry Potter because that. I'm sure Harry Potter fans are going to go nuts over that. Yep. But no, that's all cool. All unconfirmed rumors yet. It sounds like they're really doing. A so cool you haven't movie. watched any of the films? I no. watched the films. He flies on a broomstick and he chases a ball around. <laughs> and know. he tries to save that little ring. <laughs> uh. No, that's a different one. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. 
that's a man. different one. So is it better to read the book or see the movie? Neither. Books are probably better. Um, it's better to see the movie than read the book. What's because my the third book choice? Is, the book is better. Yeah. Okay. It's better to get the little Like with any movie, the book is always version. better. Yeah. yeah. Since I haven't seen... Any of them. Do they make the, the cliff notes for Harry Potter? Yeah. I've only seen two or two or three of the movies, maybe. That's nine hours you won't get back. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, thank you very much, John. Kevin, what do you have? I have the narrators for the Candlelight Processional. Uh, do you want the dates or do you just want the names? Just give us the names. The names. Isabella Rossellini, John O'Hurley, Stephen Curtis Chapman, TBA... Andy Garcia. <laughs> I love TBA. He's a rap star, isn't he? Yeah. He's like Ice Pick or something like that. Um, Andy Garcia, Vanessa Williams, Abigail Breslin, Whoopi Goldberg, Brian Dennehy, Edward James Olmos, Angela Bassett, and Courtney B. Vance. I can tell you that I'm going to be there for Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, I'm going to be there too. Who was that last person? <clears throat> uh, Angela Bassett and Courtney B. Vance. They're husband and wife. They're going to tag team. Touch me, touch me. No Neil Patrick Harris, no Gary Sinise. Um, Maybe they're the TBAs. The Christmas Eve this year is Edward James almost. I know he's done it other years. And, and Abigail, Marley Matin, Matlin, she's not there. Abigail Breslin is that young girl who is not Dakota Fanning. Yes, she is Little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> Hi, I'm not Dakota Fanning. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say we've never done that. Oh, you have to go. And Andy Garcia is doing it. I'm not ashamed. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of a strong word. I'm like, well. <laughs> I'm also, I think uh, uh, Isabella, Isabella will be good as well. She canceled last year. I'd like to see I her. boycott her. Which? <laughs> Kevin, isn't that where your dad sat next to the naked guy last That's year? That's the one. Yeah. And Vanessa Williams. She would be good. Oh, Vanessa Williams, yeah. Yeah. She would be good. I wish she would sing, too. What about John O'Hurley? <laughs> Just picture him. I notice, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, <laughs> the one I saw last year. Oh, Man of La Mancha. Um, oh, my God. Why can't I think of his name? Was uh, the Richard, ups- Richard Kiley? No, the upstairs neighbor on Frasier. Um, uh, uh, Cam oh, Winston. Um, yeah, Cam um, Winston. Brian Stokes Brian Mitchell. Of, Brian Stokes Mitchell. He's, I noticed Brian Stokes Mitchell is not on the list. We saw him last year. And, Was he uh, bad? You know, his his narration was wonderful, but he had a big old stick up his butt. We we saw Jesus um, one year. I can't remember his name. Caviezel? Oh, yeah. Caviezel? Caviezel. Oh, Jim yeah. Caviezel. Yeah. Uh, he was awful. He was awful. He was just awful. Well, you know, Brian Stokes Mitchell has this amazing voice, and you would think, you know, I, I, I know he's not going to sing into a microphone, but you'd think, you know, he's standing there narrating in between narrations when the choir's singing, you'd think he'd sing, not a peep out of him, mouth closed the entire time. How can you not sing to this stuff? Hmm. You know? And it's just, I don't know. He had this attitude about him that just turned me off. Now, and Teresa, I love his, he's got an amazing voice. I mean, Teresa, I do like John O'Hurley, but the whole time I'd be thinking Jay Peterman, Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Picturing, but he does a good job. <laughs> you know? I like him. I would not want to be cracking up laughing during the candlelight processional. <laughs> well, completely going blank. She was in West Side Story. Cheetah Rivera. Cheetah Rivera. Yeah. We saw Cheetah Rivera. Was it last year or the year before? She was spectacular. She was wonderful. Yeah, yeah I saw she her was as very well. animated. She sang along. She clapped. It was great to see someone be that involved. I've actually seen Brian Dennehy do it also, and he's very good. He's got the right. He has a nice voice. Yeah, he has the right tone. Sounds like God. Mm. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm going to go see Whoopi Goldberg. I just want to be in the same room with Whoopi Goldberg. 
She's cool. And say whoopee. You mean same airspace? <laughs> same All right, that'll do it for Rapid Fire this week. We're going to move on to our first segment. And John, Kevin, and Kathy, I think all three of you have gone and seen the to see the uh, exhibit of Princess Diana's dresses at Downtown Disney. What do you guys mm-hmm. think of it? Um, my personal opinion is if this is something that interests you and you're going to be here in Disney World, it's something that you'll find interesting. I know that's kind of a weird way to put it, but... If, if this is something that interests you, you'll find it interesting. Right. If, you're, if you're the type of person who would want to, to do this, it's something that you'll find interesting. That's the kind of insightful coverage that sets us apart. <laughs> sets us apart. Yeah. <laughs> if this is something where you have, you want to do it and your spouse doesn't and has no interest in it, do not drag them to this. They will be very, very upset with you and make you buy them presents. It's very strange. It's inside the, the Virgin Megastore building. And they sort of tried to make it into a different space, but you can still see the places where the CDs went and the, <laughs> the listening stations, the listening stations, and the big um, video screens around the top. So it's all kind of bizarre. And they try to lead you through the story of Diana's life with stories and video clips and some um, some memorabilia. And the payoff at the end is the dresses. But if you want to get to the dresses, you have to go through uh, curio and curio of, how do you put it? Franklin Mint Crep. Exactly. There's (laughs) plates with the royal family on it. There's shoes with the royal family on it. It's every royal family tchotchke you can imagine. All right. I'm going to take this in a different direction. Go ahead. I was fascinated by Princess Diana uh, ever since she came on the scene i thought she was interesting um i think she became more interesting as she got older and i think her death was a tragedy i think she was doing great charitable work and what happened was they her son recommended that she sell these dresses uh i guess i have to step back the woman who set this up is named maureen rorich dunkel and she was one of the original bidders at the auction. She purchased 19 of the 79 dresses. She was a textile collector. We happen to be there on one of the days that she's there. She's actually oh, hands-on okay. and is going to be there most of the time. So if you're interested in meeting the woman who set this up, she's very interesting to talk to. She was a textile collector. And she thought this would be interesting to get involved in this auction this was done while Diana was still alive. And they raised something like $3 million, almost $4 million for AIDS research and Diana's charities. So she went to the, or actually she didn't go to the auction. She bought over the internet and she bought 19 of the dresses. However, in the process of this, became fascinated by this woman. And what she's done is she's talked to the other people who have purchased the dresses and there's a rotating collection of these dresses. And all the money that's being raised, while it's paying for this exhibit, it's also being raised and funds Diana's charities. So this is not just a money-making, a money-making right. operation. It is a charitable organization. And what they've done is they've tried to set up this exhibit in stages of Diana's life. From when she was a young girl, there are actually things from the house where Diana, I think it's called Althrop, where she grew up, there are pieces from that, and they've taken it through the stages of her f- life as a public figure. She was explaining to me that there is this um, cultural, I don't know what you would call it, not a scientist, but this pop culture expert who has set up 
a, a measuring device. And it's the, the things are um, number of photographs published, uh, name recognition throughout the world. And he, she was explaining to me that when you run people like that, Elvis Presley hit five of the seven. Jackie Onassis hit four of the seven. Princess Diana and Michael Jackson hit seven of the seven. Mm. So you, there are certain levels of pipe, pop culture iconery, I guess is the word I'm looking for. But she's, they say she's, ab, she was explaining that people are absolutely fascinated by her to this day. And I think that's true. So what they did was she, they sell two different versions of like a program. There's a program of the touring dresses. That's a $20 program. And then there's a $100 book which talks about all of the dresses from the inception of this auction to now. And all of the money from that goes to charity. So it's $100, but it's a charitable donation. I bought the $20 one so you could all look at it. And she was very nice. She was nice to my mom. She explained what was going on. There are six different dresses. Now, before you go on, I think this is what I mean by, like, Kevin is fascinated by her or is intrigued by her. I was intrigued by her and these dresses because of this auction that I had sort of followed. I wasn't intrigued by the tchotchkes. It's like a trip through the Diana gift shop. Right. I I enjoyed the dresses at the end, but all the endless, like, thank you notes that she wrote, that she must have spent her whole life writing thank you notes. There's a lot of... No one threw away. Right. Right. Well, actually, there was a birthday card to someone in the military, and and in the card, she wrote, I bet you thought you'd never get a personalized note Mm -hmm. from Diana. I remember that one. Save this. And I think that's kind of interesting. That's kind of interesting that she had that insight to what she meant or what she, how famous she was. I kind of whizzed through that. I kind of just barreled through it, and we found John sitting on a bench holding his head in his hands. <laughs> I was going to say. I'd have been right next to you. I'm going to be honest with you. Unless you're absolutely fascinated, that part's not interesting. That's what I meant. Right? Now, where was this lady? As soon as we what? went in, as a matter of fact. Oh, really? We were talking, she wasn't there the day I did. Well, she wasn't. I saw her, but she wasn't talking to anybody. It wasn't until I explained to the lady that we were bringing my mom to see this, and we were going to you know, talk about it on a podcast, and there was a lady, she said, oh, do you want to meet the lady who set this up? Oh. And I said, yeah. So if you're interested, I would ask to see if she was there or if she's going to be there later. She was fascinating to talk to. Uh, the, the, the dresses tour the world. And there's ongoing, they, they cycle them in and out of different uh, organizations, and there are certain dresses that even though they were purchased at auction that Buckingham Palace won't release. Mm-hmm. And there's um, the famous dress that Diana wore when she danced with John Travolta. That's still in Buckingham Palace. It's on display, but they won't release it. There's one of the dresses that was sold, and I can't say the words, but it's something you would say to somebody. It's something people in New Jersey say to each other all the time. No. <laughs> 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 no, it's another, it's something else. It's two words. Um, just after Diana divorced Charles, they, the, the British family kind of told her that she was just going to be a nothing and that she, they thought she was just going to sort of dry up and blow away and not be seen anymore. And she showed up at the next event in a very, very sexy off the shoulder dress, cut all the way up. It slit very high, and they said she had never stepped out in public dressed like this, and they called this the certain kind of dress, and it's mm. two words, and that one can't be, re- that one, 
Or two letters. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm not trying to oh, be rude, but okay. I don't know how else to say it. Um, I'm sure that if you're listening, you'll figure out what... I, and, and what they were saying was she was giving Charles a hand gesture by showing up in this dress and what she basically said... Oh, I didn't said, sure where you were going with that. <laughs> she basically said, I'm not dead. I'm not going away. And that dress hasn't been released. One of the things I found interesting was this lady was telling me there's a... Uh, a green velvet dress on display and it's this crushed it's this velvet and they explained to me that you have to stand in a certain area and john found it and if you look at it a certain way you can see where a child has grabbed the velvet and hung on to it and crushed the velvet that in the wrong direction and it was something they said prince harry uh, while she was getting ready well, to go out mm-hmm. didn't want her going out for the evening and held on to the train of her dress and you can actually see his handprint mm-hmm. and it's a child's hand wow so when you look at that so that was the only fascinating thing about the entire <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought it was first of all I always thought she was some tiny little delicate flower and looking at these dresses she wasn't a small woman i mean she was slender but she was tall she was a normal size she was a normal sized human being i know you see these uh, we saw shania what did you think she was like a a dwarf we saw shania twain's (laughs) outfit in the hard rock hotel one time and i thought i can't imagine anybody over the age of seven fitting into this and what's funnier is that the only outfit smaller than that was prince (laughs) (laughs) prince's outfit it looked like it should be (laughs) It should look, look like it should be sold in Carter's. Yeah, Princess uh, Diana was a very athletic um, build, in my opinion. She's very tall and muscular. Like even seeing her in swimsuits, I mean, she had a beautiful body. But she was she was human sized. She wasn't this stick little figure, right. a stick figure with a head. The other thing is they show the pictures of her wearing the dresses, and I mean, she was one of the most photographed people in the world. So we've all we've all seen those dresses. And when you see that and you think to yourself, oh, I remember that picture, and there's the dress. So it it was kind of an emotional thing if you were at all interested in her, but it was all started by these, in my opinion, rather useless knickknacks. I will give them credit for this. The way they set up the story was sort of in these little vignettes, and the amount of detail they used to tell the story, I think, was very well done. For example, her childhood home, someone had done a photograph on a canvas, and then they set up a little courtyard with a bench in it to make it look like it was almost three-dimensional, that you were there with a hedgerow and that sort of thing. So I think they did a really good job. It's not like someone just threw this together and there's curios in her dresses. I this- thought it was sort of cool how they camouflaged that it was the former record store. I mean, I thought... Like, you knew that it was virgin, but I thought they did a really nice job with the, the drapes. and. This is not going to be for everybody. No. It's certainly so this not. Is only a, this is something you only go to if you're a Princess Diana fanatic. And it, it's $14, and part of your money does go to charity. It's definitely there through November, but they're fairly certain that they're going to extend it through the end of the year and get the Christmas holiday in there also. They do offer a senior citizen discount, or it's $10 for seniors. It's $14 for adults. I believe it's $9 for kids and $10 for senior citizens. I spent, I'm going to guess, 40 minutes. Knowing what I know now, I could have cut that in half by walking through. I spent a lot of time looking at stuff I wasn't interested in. I wanted to see these dresses. I wanted to see the like I watched the all the news coverage about mm-hmm. the auction and there are the quotes all over that this happened because William said to her mom you've got all this stuff in the closet 
why don't you use it for something good? And she said, well, let's sell them. So I thought that that part of it interested me. The rest of it, I wasn't that fascinated. There's too much of it that I didn't find interesting. I was down there the um, the first day it opened. I didn't go in just to um, get some photos on the outside, but I found the entrance to be a little hidden. That has that changed? A little side door? Yeah, I, I don't even know where you entered at. Yeah, it was it was kind of weird. We almost went in the exit. It, me too. Until finally, you saw they had this sort of uh, red carpet set up and velvet rope set up, and you thought, oh well, this is where I'm supposed to go right. in. It's not obvious, but on the side of the Virgin Building, they do have. Big posters that explain yeah. the dresses. The other there. thing is, once you get inside, you know how they have queues in the Magic Kingdom. I know I they saw have that. this queue set up, and I think to myself, oh, "This is wishful." And it was empty. <laughs> it's like a queue for like a hundred people. Yeah. Yeah. We were the only ones in there. This, there you're, there's no photography allowed inside. However, there is a recreation dress that you can have your picture taken with. And the lady was quite willing. I took pictures with her, and she was quite willing to pose. She was very nice and willing to sign things and quite willing to share her information. So if it's something that interests you, it's only going to be here for a short time. And I'm of the opinion that it's better than an empty building. If any good comes of it, it's better than an empty building. I would say, though, that if you had kids, take them to Disney Quest or... Let them go shopping. And or take them across to the bar. Right. The, uh, take them to the cigar store. Take them anywhere. It's not going to be interested in them. It's really cool when you look through this little booklet that you have, seeing the progression of from the 80s to the 90s, like the styles and how they changed, even for her. You know, because you look back, you're like, oh, my God. It was beautiful, but oh, my God. You could, you could actually see her mature. Yeah. So it's, again, if you're even the slightest bit interested, it's only going to be here for a short time. If you're not... Walk on by. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, we're going to move on to our next segment. Kathy Worling got a chance to spend a few days at the Wilderness Lodge Villas a few weeks ago. Tell us about that, Kathy. Well, I think I might have found a new favorite. Oh, really? Yeah. That's, there's something in the Villas at Wilderness Lodge that speaks to me. The the homie. Are you not taking your medication? <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, maybe she was eating something she wasn't supposed really? to be eating. Oh, I, think was I stayed last year at the Wilderness Lodge and I stayed at the <laughs> <laughs> stayed at the villas this time and I don't know if I bring the rain, but there's something about that resort that's like a really good place to hang out. Especially the villas with the the little seating areas. I forget what the it's the iron something or other spike room. Yeah. The iron spike room. Yeah, that is just a great place to sit down and read your book. And they've got the background music playing. You feel like you want to be out in the old west. Um, the resort, I I loved it. The the pool was great. My big thing from even the last time I was there, the food court at the Wilderness Lodge. Sucks. I I would say such it's, language. Can't yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say something. It, it really, it is such a disappointment. That's so, so funny. funny. Is that we have the opposite? Really? Right? Really? Yeah. yeah. Dave Parfit, when he was here, made a special point to go over to the food court, and I'm like, why? What I like about it is they have that salad thing where you can make your own salad. Yeah. So that, it offers you a really nice, healthy alternative. But like burgers. when you get there at like five thirty in the afternoon and everybody's like cheek to cheek standing in there trying to either get their food or to check out, you know, I didn't like that. And it, it seemed for breakfast and then to try to find a place to sit. People, the sitting areas, the seating areas. People very were small. getting a little testy about, you know, that well you're sitting here and where's the rest of your party and 
So I didn't like that. The the room was awesome. We had a um, first floor room so that we could look out and like looked into the woods and it was you know the room was great. The little mini kitchen that was nice to have some supplies so you weren't always running over to the. You had a studio. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I said it was real nice. We were right there by the um, the pool. The pool was great. The hot tub was great. Um, we went to Artist Point for dinner the one night, and we had a truly awesome cast member that waited on us. My daughter wasn't too sure how that was going to be in this restaurant, and this guy, um, his name is Izzy. You're supposed to call him Dizzy Izzy. But um, he was just awesome, and he had a group of people came in that apparently – He's waited on them for years and years and years, but he really made it an experience. The food was really good. Um, what did we, you have? I had the buffalo with some kind of chocolate uh, cherry sauce on top. Had you had that before? No. What would you think of buffalo? If, if I didn't know that it was buffalo, I would have thought it was a piece of steak. Really? Yeah. You know, and he's there like, you know, have it like medium rare because if you go any like more cooked it starts to get tough and then it's not any good but he brought us out an appetizer of some kind of scallop with some corn you know that stuff that's like juicy that looks like bubbles I'm trying to think what's the foam yeah yeah the yeah that stuff it was it was <laughs> had, uh, I, I speak african <laughs> <laughs> mm. but that it's was juicy with bubbles <laughs> that was really good um, we did breakfast at Whispering Canyon. I'd never done a breakfast there. I've, I've done dinners. And I think that's probably another going to be another favorite for breakfast. Exactly. <laughs> Are they loud and obnoxious at breakfast? No. They were actually sort of toned down. It was... They weren't fully awake. <laughs> they, they, you know, my daughter asked for ketchup, and of course they did the ketchup gag where they brought over like 20 bottles of ketchup, but that was really about it. It was just a nice breakfast without all the, I mean, there was like a little bit of, you know, what they do, but it wasn't, you know, like over the top. And sitting in the, the, um, the lobby of the Wilderness Lodge is always... You know, interesting. And Ranger Stan was there. He's another gem. He's, you know, it's just, I truly felt like I was. On vacation? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like I forgot about the world outside. It was just so relaxing. Um, The only thing I would say is that everybody that, you know, since I'm always comparing everything to Caribbean Beach, Mm -hmm. that the walk to go to the food court from where my room was, which I thought I had a pretty decent room, was every bit as long as the furthest room at Caribbean Beach. So just because you're at a deluxe resort doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do less walking. Have you ever been to the boardwalk? Oh, I've been there too. But, you know, sometimes people go, well, when you go to a deluxe, you don't do as much walking as you do. But you do. I didn't find that bad. I'm just saying that be prepared to do a lot of walking unless you have a room in a certain area. But... The villas, I definitely do it again. And if you're looking, like, for a family, we were also right next, two doors down was the laundry room and where the ice and soda machines were. So we had a really great room, but it's just, I don't know, did something for my soul. Hmm. It just, the atmosphere in there, it really, they with the theming, it's just... So you even prefer it over Caribbean Beach? 
it was like my chance to go like camping or like be out in the wilderness but be at a resort that's kevin's idea of camping too it's very nice but that doesn't answer my question (laughs) um if i if i found a good deal at the Wilderness Lodge or the villas, yeah, I would. I would. Go so it's to a it. it's a qualified yes. Yeah. You know, well, let me say this: you though. like it, but you know you still love your Caribbean beach. Maybe she likes it equally. Let me say this: if you rented DVC points, you could get the you can get the villas of the Wilderness Lodge as cheap as Caribbean Beach. Yeah. Oh well, then I'd be there in a heartbeat. And that's what we try to tell people: is that this is another option for you. Because what are they going for? Ten, twelve dollars a point. Ten seems to be the going right now. Some people even even less than that. I don't know how to explain this, and I know it's going to come out bad, but it's got a distinctly American feel in the Wilderness Lodge, mm-hmm. as opposed to some of the other places. And it's not that the Grand Floridian is an American. It's got that kind of Western, almost Western, great um, great lodge kind of feel no, to it's, it. It's, it's, one steaming. Of, it's yeah. also one of the most immersive yeah, I love even, that resort. Even mm-hmm. though you go to the Polynesian, you still I don't still I, feel as immersive. I like it. I don't love it. The Wilderness Lodge? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I I've stayed there, but I've, I've been through it. I've stayed there a couple of times. Um, you know, it was okay. It just, uh, it, 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 there's nothing about it that really that really speaks to me. Can I read really? this segment to the last segment? It was Princess Diana's favorite resort. Oh, really? Yeah. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Wilderness Lodge? Absolutely. That's where she stayed with her kids. Oh. And I already even say that's like a good if you're going to do a staycation, you know that now that's the big thing I think to so do. Too. You know, especially if you're living here in Orlando, that's really quite different from. The like other Caribbean thing is they've the removed the, the sense of Florida. There's no palmetto. Right. There's no palm trees. There's none of There's the pine. Right. right. There's none of the Florida foliage. Right. So it's a really you can get lost there and be someplace else. And if you get the chance, do the the lobby tour like I recommended last year. Ranger Mm -hmm. Stan still does that, that he explains all the markings on the floor, and he shows you the hidden Mickey in the fireplace and explains the totem poles. Um, There's a little lounge area up on the fourth floor that Disney uses for a lot of weddings. Hmm. And it's if you're looking for another place to, like, reflect on life or just enjoy the scenery out the window, it's a great place to go. But I said it really was very relaxing i mean i still got up in the morning and went off to the parks and stuff and transportation to the parks was about 10 minutes you know so it was i didn't have a a a bad i loved my stay there it was great did you sit in front of the big fireplace Mm, yes i did even as hot as it was and in the iron spike room i sat in front of the fireplace and it was nice at night to see and that's another thing you don't see at a lot of resorts people were sitting in that room conversing and they were talking trivia and they were talking star trek it was just amazing the different conversations that were going on did you see the bear obviously i missed something which bear if you go out by the geyser at night there's a huge grizzly that will maul you to death (laughs) (laughs) his name is john Apparently, it's a Native American custom to hide an animal in the building. And if you go out to the geyser, oh, at you night, mean with the lights, and you okay. look back, you yeah. can see the okay. grizzly bear's face in the oh, that's right, in oh, the yeah, architecture yeah. of the in building, yeah. and sitting down on the beach and watching the fireworks or the electric light parade going by. Yeah, I don't it think you should do that anywhere. It's great. I like it too, Kathy. Yeah, it's ding, 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 ding. And if they stopped it, people would be up in arms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
people would be up and up. I mean, just like the people who liked Mr. Toad, they got over it. Uh-huh. I don't think I'm not over it. Not all of them. I knew I could get it. Not all of them. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Kathy. Thanks, everybody. That is going to do it for our show this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Bye.